Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to Solo Cleaning School. We're going to go back-to-back episodes diving into Ken's solo cleaning business. Let's start the same place we started in our last episode in the continuing story of how a seed could turn into a brand new client. And we just never know. Doug Floro of My Father's Business Wealth Management, I'm in his office. He slides a business card across the desk and said, you know who this is? It was another cleaner. I didn't know her company personally, but I heard of her. I looked her up and I had known she was a person of reputation. I spoke well of her. He says, okay, interesting. He said, yeah, because that's my cleaner. I said, oh, awesome. And I did not discredit her. I just said, yeah, I'm happier that she's reliable and she's taking good care of you. Awesome. Well, the following Monday, he says, hey, would you come over to my house for an estimate? Really trust you. Wow. Would love to thank you, Doug. Then I go and do the estimate, meet his wife, Sherry, just really awesome family and got some great stories of the home and wrote my notes. And I promised to have the proposal out first thing on Monday, I believe. And so now here it is. And first day of the week, I got my priorities, my cleaning business. I better get down and dirty. And so I got to my proposals. I don't like doing proposals. Like (laughs) I should like them because you go through a process of marketing and looking for new potential clients. And at the proposal stage, you're just one yes away from a new client. So you'd think that'd be most most exciting. But honestly, it's grueling because I write up really nice proposals and they're calculating how much it should be and all the different. It's so much work, but you have to do it. Now, I have templates and it makes it go faster, but I still don't enjoy doing them. So I got this proposal knocked out and sent it, hit my deadline. And just a little note on deadlines. When I do an estimate for an office or for a house cleaning prospect, I always give myself a deadline. But I ask the question, hey, when do you need this by? They'll tell me when. I'll say, great, I can meet that deadline. Or I say, well, it's Wednesday now. How about the end of business by Friday? Would that be okay? Or if it's a Wednesday or Thursday, you know, would you give me the weekend? I'll have this to you before Monday's over. And that's what this case was. And what you need to do, what I do every time, is I meet that deadline. Because it is an absolute test to see if you are accountable, if you are true to your word, or if you just skip it. What if Monday comes and goes and I don't get a proposal out? Tuesday comes and goes I don't get a proposal out. And then Wednesday, I send it. Here you go. Here's your proposal. Now, they might not remember I said Monday, but it's likely that they do. And deep down in their subconscious, they're thinking in their intuition, really. I don't trust this guy. He said Monday. He didn't get it there by Monday. What if he's supposed to clean on Monday? He doesn't show up to Wednesday. That is huge. So this is a great way to build trust. And I nailed my deadline here, and that built more trust. The next thing that happened this week was really cool. And it was the first time it's ever happened. I'm sending out my invoices for January for my offices. And I always bill ahead. I've always done it that way. And one of my offices got back and said, Ken, would you be open to billing us six months at a time instead of one month at a time? 
That would be easier for us. My response, hmm, let me think about that. Yes, that is absolutely no problem. I've literally never had a client ever ask me to be, to bill them six months in advance. That was awesome because obviously it's a convenience factor for them, less things for them to deal with, less checks to write. And then they don't do electronic payment. They do checks. And so for them, it's a win. And for me, it's a huge win because it tells me two things. First of all, they trust me. They trust me unconditionally and they want to prove it by booking me for six months. The other thing it tells me is that they want to keep me long term because they might look at it, well, he could raise his rates at some point and by locking him in six months of time, it prevents him from raising his rates. And I don't think like that, but you know, at some point I will have to raise the rates, of course. Lifestyle goes, the cost of living goes up and I will have to raise rates. But for now, this is so incredible. And I was so thankful. I said, absolutely, let me get an invoice out. And it was big. You know, I don't normally send out $4,000 invoices. And that was pretty amazing. Uh, so that was definitely a high point of the week. And I moved on to my next task, which was to get my cleaning newsletter done. And the way I've come to process this newsletter is this. It's a piece of content it's inbound marketing. I want to share something of value. What is it that people are asking me? What is it that people would love to know? It's not, hey, here's Carfagno Cleaning. Here's how I can help you. It's not that. It's how do you deal with the dirtiest places in your office? How do you de-stress for the holidays? How do you pick a cleaning service? How do you clean for the springtime? How do you, All these different how-tos and general tips. I want to provide content that can help people. And each of my articles are like that. I find great resources and I copy them in there. I write an article. I try and have some humor, make it make it fun. And I send it through MailChimp. I'm currently using them as a, as a mail provider. And as I meet people out and about in networking groups, I invite them on my mailing list. And I think I'm up to about 50 different subscribers on my list. And they get this newsletter. And then I repurpose it. Repurpose is like re-giving. <laughs> I'm taking that piece of content. I'm going on LinkedIn. I'm creating an article on my personal profile, on my business profile. I'm doing it on Facebook, on my business profile, on my personal profile. I even threw it on Nextdoor. I put it on my website. I go on Google My Business. And I put that article as a post and I can only put 1,500 characters on Google My Business. So I put a little link in there to read the rest of the article click here. To learn more about it, click here. So I'm just creating content that can help people and putting it in enough different channels that people can find me and direct people back to my website and they can subscribe for future newsletters. They can contact me. So I got that newsletter out this week and that's just something that is part of the routine. I do a podcast for twice a week. I do a newsletter once a month. These are pieces of content that I create. You just never know what can come in on the other side. You just continually faithfully produce the content and serve the people. Like right now, I am parked in a little office, very quiet. I'm looking out the window. There's fresh snow on the ground. I am looking at my computer screen. I'm talking into a microphone. And I have absolutely no idea who is going to listen to this. I have no idea. It astounds me when I look at the stats on this podcast, The Solo Cleaning School, I can't believe that 
over 4,000 people have downloaded this podcast of all the various episodes. And it's been literally listened to in six of the seven continents. If you can guess which one, it shouldn't be too hard. It's all ice. So I guess Antarctica has got no love for the solo cleaning. Maybe there's nothing to clean down there. I don't know. Six out of seven continents. Now, I think China or something or the or Asia might have like five listens, and that counts. But it just blows my mind that I'm talking into a microphone, and we have the technology that my voice can go onto a podcast, several podcast channels, and go all over the world, and people can be helped and hear my stories. That just blows my mind. A newsletter can have the same effect. You just put that content out there, and you just never know. People share Things could go viral. And so I'm just faithfully putting out this content. So there's my little sales pitch on why you should create some inbound marketing. And don't do it in a way that's self-serving. This is my business. Come check us out. Don't be that guy. Don't be the billboard guy. Be the guy that writes the articles that help other people. Okay? Be that guy. Or gal. Whichever way. Okay. So that was some upbeat things to share. I'm going to go the other direction now. Last episode, I shared that I got a beat down by my mastermind group, and it was deserved. I was arrogant. I definitely came off arrogant, but it caused me to really think, to really dive inward and say, what's going on? See, this episode here, the information I'm talking about and the story I'm telling you, it's not present tense. It didn't happen this week. Matter of fact, it happened several weeks ago. And this was as I was going through a time period called Think Week. I have an episode on Think Week. I executed Think Week just like I normally do. Got out my notebook, wrote on the top, 2019 Think Week. And I used my time productively. I'm analyzing my schedule, my checkbook, looking at the people I had meetings with, the conferences I attended, the money I spent, the time I spent with my kids, just evaluating everything. I looked at my goals that I had set for the beginning of 2019 compared to what I completed. Uh, first glance, oh wow, look at this. I completed about 67%, two-thirds of my goals. That's pretty good. I wonder how I did last year. Now there's one one thing that kind of triggered something in me. I'm like, wait a minute. In 2019, I said that I was going to enjoy a life of freedom in 2020. I was going to build up my consulting side business and have membership groups and doing coaching. And I was going to make X amount of dollars. Actually, the number was $10,000 a month. And my wife and I and our family were going to get an RV and travel the country in 2020. That was going to be our 2020 vision. And that was plastered on my goals early in 2019. Well, somewhere along the line, that dream, that BHAG started to wane as other things came into priority, like it's time to grow a cleaning business again. Get your head out of the clouds. You're too optimistic. That may be a goal, but it's a future goal. I let go of that goal and start pursuing something else. Interesting. So out of curiosity, I grabbed my notebook for 2018. Looked at Think Week 2018. Looked back at the year and I achieved about two-thirds of my goals. Oh, pretty good, pretty good. But there are some big things in there. Like in 2018, I was going to complete X and it's going to be awesome and I won't have to clean anymore. Okay, interesting. That didn't happen. I look at 2017 
And there were statements in 2017 that were consistent with 18 and 19. It was a very optimistic, like, this is going to happen because I just think it will. There's no standard. There's, there's no real rhyme or reason to why it would happen. I definitely didn't put the work in. Another example, I just published my book in 2015. I'm back at my notebook for the end of 2015. And I say, I just know after working on this book for five years, people will come out of the woodwork to buy it. And I can leave cleaning forever and be a writer, author, full-time and help families. There's no basis. I hadn't done any legwork or marketing or built an audience or a following. I just hoped that people would find my book and buy it. And how foolish that was. I had this warped, optimistic belief that it all would just work out. And I started getting this feeling in the pit of my stomach. It's like year after year, 2019, 18, 17, 16, 15, looking at 14, 2013, I pulled out all my notebooks. I laid them out on the floor all the way back to 2012. Think week after think week after think week. And you know what they all said? The same stinking thing. I was like reading a broken record. Hey, I'm going to do this in my cleaning business. Or back, way back when I was still working a job. I'm going to do this in my job and I'm going to do this on the side. I'm going to do this in my cleaning business and I'm going to have these big things for the side. This is going to work out like this. I'm going to be out of the cleaning business. I'm going to do this. And then the next year, the same thing. Just different ways of saying it, but all the same mindset. Always the same mindset. Always just make my goals barely enough for my main thing and my side thing would be the big audacious goals and I would end up pouring my emotional passionate energy into my side thing and my main thing would just be enough and going back to 2012 and having all these notebooks sprawled across the floor I saw a statement from a conference I attended a personal growth conference and here's what the man said and I wrote this down I don't have it word for word in front of me but essentially it said this if you come to an end of the year And you haven't met the goals that you set out. And that happens year after year after year. Maybe you want to consider changing the process. And those words hit like a ton of bricks. As I looked across the floor, I have eight years of me setting almost the identical goal and achieving the same result year after year after year. Slight growth but not incredible growth like I could have done if I would have changed the way I set goals, changed my process, and I just started to weep. On there on the floor, I'm crying. And I'm just looking at these pages. My heart's ripped open. I feel like such a loser. Now you guys hear me on these podcasts and you think, wow, you got everything together. You were able to accomplish all this in your old business. You sold your business, almost six figures, and you're building a new business, and you're working from home. Must you doing amazing? But nothing is as it seems. Everyone shows you the things they want to show you on Facebook. You don't see the bad things. You know the truth is, after selling a business, we're clinging on to the money we we sold the business for, and I was under a false pretense, like, hey, we're making it because I'm living off of sale of business money. But really, I'm blind to the fact that my wife is still struggling to budget money for groceries. I mean, why should that be happening? And we have five kids. We have a lot of groceries. <laughs> but that's beyond the point. It's I don't want my wife to be stressed, struggling, struggling with money, thinking about money all the time. Why have I not been setting my goals differently? 
and I'm weeping on the floor. And I got angry. Went from sad to angry. And I remember talking to my wife later on. She says, what's wrong? And I said, I hate this. I'm so mad at myself. I don't want to do this anymore. I shared that in a previous episode. And I was just apathetic, angry. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I needed time. And this is, this is still fresh. I still feel this, even though I'm recording this after the fact. It was raw. And I needed that. I needed to see those eight notebooks across the floor of me being a broken record. Ken's goals, year after year after year after year. Same process, same result. Same process, same result. Einstein said it best. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That was me. It took me the weekend. And by the time I started turning the corner into the next week, it just hit me. Stop what I'm doing and change the process. 2020 is going to be a year of vision. I might not be traveling the country in an RV and consulting and having a location-free business, but it's time for me to set my number one goal on my number one main thing. And that main thing is what I'm talking about right now. It's my solo cleaning business, Carfagno Cleaning, the one that I built in New York and sold, and the one that I'm rebuilding right now. All the stuff I'm teaching you, it's time for me to really engage. It's time for me to turn this sucker around and build this thing and prove I did it once, I can do it again. Matter of fact, I set a goal where instead of me having just enough from the cleaning business and making money elsewhere for side money, I'm going to set my cleaning business as a solo cleaner I want to have it produce way more than we need. And that number, we figured out, was around 75000 So I have a goal now. I, I, I figured it out. I need 15 houses and five offices, which I can do solo in 2020. When I hit that goal, we will be making about $75,000. And what that looks like, solo cleaning school, here's what it looks like. I would be cleaning houses, most likely, three days a week. And over time, I can optimize that to two and a half, maybe two days. And I would be cleaning offices Thursday nights and Saturdays. So about half the week, I'd be working. The other half of the week, I can be home with my family and working on my side stuff. But that half of a week, I can create $75,000 in profit. It's somewhere around $100,000, 90000 $95,000, I think, in revenue and 75000 in profit. That is a sweet business as a solo cleaner because I promise you, I'm in the world with other cleaning company owners that have teams. And I know people with half a million dollar companies in revenue that aren't making $75,000 profit in their business. And now that means owner's compensation plus the profit of the business. And for a solo cleaner, essentially they're one and the same. I Owner's comp and profit, I just put them in one bucket. Anyway, so that's my goal. 15 houses, five offices. Once I threw that out there, it's like, energy started coming to me and I went through that time of despair and anger and sadness and I came out of that weekend emerged I just felt like brand new I said I can get to $75,000 a year profit all I need is 15 houses and five offices in um in 12 months I can do that how do I do that set it up month one I'd had to hit this month two and you could easily see I need one to two houses a month and about one office every other month to hit that goal. So I just need to go out and do it. So I started running my numbers. How many houses did I have to do estimates for 
to get a new client? How many offices to get a new office client? I figured out my closing rates. It was just under one out of two for houses and about one out of three for offices. So I need to do three estimates and proposals for offices to get one new one and say two to three estimates for a house to get one, probably two. Ran those numbers and boom, I'm off. And that's how I want to end this episode. If you're out there struggling and you feel like your life and your goals have been a broken record, maybe go back to that analogy, that thought of the old classic 45s or the record players, and you got that little pin sticking on the, the album, and it just kind of goes through one of, the, one of the turns, and it click, and it plays that same piece over. Click, click, and it keeps playing the same piece of music over and over and over again. That's a broken record. Do you feel like your life has been a broken record? How about the episode 18 Gutter Balls, right through... Over and over and over and over again, gutter ball after gutter ball after gutter ball. That was my life. Do you relate to that? Do you relate to this? I encourage you, get out your old notebooks, dust them off, look at them, see what you've been doing, and make the change. Make that change. Right? Michael Jackson says that man in the mirror. Make that change. Look in the mirror and make that change. All right, that does it for the Solo Cleaning School for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode on the broken record. I feel energized. I'm ready for the week. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.